You are listening to Melbourne Lights Church Weekly Podcast. Would you open your Bibles with me to Joshua chapter 3, please? That would be amazing. We're on this journey of discovering how can we be better um, as a church, as believers, at making disciples of Jesus. Um, We're on this journey of how do we become better at it? How do we grow in it? How do we do what Jesus commissioned us to do? Go and make disciples. As you're going, make disciples. Everywhere you go, every day in every way, be thinking about and actually doing this thing of making disciples of Jesus. How do we become followers of Jesus, not just believers? How do we become people who don't just show up to a, to a, a Sunday meeting, you know, sort of once a week and go, hey, hopefully I get something out of it, but I'm not really sure. No, no, we come to contribute and we come to become like him. We come to minister to him. And this is like the encouragement, the halftime. But every day in every way, we're followers of Jesus. How do we be disciples who make disciples? And last week we, um, we unpacked a bit of the goal of discipleship, or uh, we began to talk about what we're aiming at. And this applies, uh, it's both um, to new believers, but also to our lives as followers of Christ. It's like two tracks on the same train line. Um, and so it, it's, it's both sides of the train track. Simple foundations for new believers, but sort of ongoing, lifelong pursuit as Jesus followers. So what's the goal of discipleship? This is a real quick recap before we get in today. Firstly, that we are established in the word. That we let the truth of the word shape our belief. And we don't uh, approach it with our preconceived belief and try and change what the word says. That we're baptized in water, which the lifelong pursuit is that we're committed to following Jesus' example. Not just in baptism in water, but in everything that he did. That, you know, in, in, in seeing the sick healed, in uh, making disciples, in whatever it is that we follow his example. That we're baptized, that we're full of his spirit. That we're led, we're empowered, we're continually reliant upon the spirit. We cannot be disciples who make disciples. We can't do any of this without the infilling, empowering of his presence. We are not in the business of just doing a religious kind of service, doing the religious thing, ticking a religious box. We have to be on fire and full of and overflowing with his presence. And then fourthly, added to church that we're building together, that we're in community where we can, we can grow in our gifts and we can, uh, we can not just receive, but we can bring who we are and we can give. I want to say again, uh, j- just in case you weren't here last week, that what God's placed in your life and on your life, we need. Every time we gather, whether it's a Sunday morning, whether it's you know, two people in a coffee shop, whether it's in a discipleship group or in a home or in a park, whatever you have, God wants to use you. He wants you to bring that gift. He wants you to bring who you are to encourage others. It's not just about me on a microphone. It's not just about the preacher on a Sunday. It's a priesthood of all believers, every person being who God's made you to be, to see his kingdom advance. And everything we talk about discipleship, and to be honest, actually everything in the kingdom, we have to choose to partner with what God's doing. That's kind of been coming through even in the words this morning of saying yes to what God's doing. So so right throughout history, we see it right, right through the whole Bible, God's always had a plan but he chooses to partner with people. It's actually, it's, a, it's amazing that creator God, almighty God, 
God of the universe chooses to partner with us, with you and I. See, God's given us free will, which is the ability to choose him or to reject him because he wants to have relationship with us. If he didn't give us the choice to choose him or to reject him, then it wouldn't be real relationship. We'd just be robots. He's given us free will because he wants real relationship with us. And because he wants relationship with us, he chooses to partner with us to see his purposes come to pass. Think about that. God could do whatever he wants. He is all-powerful. He is the creator. By him, all things are held together. But he chooses in seeing his kingdom advance, his rule and his reign coming and advancing to partner with us. Broken, messed up, you know, we, we fail, we're not, we're not perfect at it, but he chooses to partner with us because he wants relationship with us. The story of the Bible, it, the, the, the whole thread and theme of the Bible is not just a bunch of doctrines, it's relationship. From the very beginning, it's God wanting relationship with us. It says this in Genesis 1, verse 26 to 27. It says, and then God, then God said, let us make man in our image after our likeness, and let them have dominion or rulership over the fish of the sea and over the birds of, uh, of the heavens and over livestock and over all the earth and over every creeping thing that creeps on the earth. So God created man in his own image. In the image of God, he created him, male and female, he created them. Right from the beginning, the very beginning of the Bible, very beginning of time, God created us for relationship with himself in his image and for impact or for rulership that we would actually bring his rule and reign to the, the, the world around us. So when we talk about the kingdom of God, we're actually talking about literally the rule and reign of God coming. When we pray, your kingdom come, your will be done on earth as it is in heaven, we're literally praying, God, your, your rule and reign, your authority come right now on earth, which is broken and messed up, as it is in heaven, which is perfect. I don't know if we're going to see the, full, the, the fullness, uh, you know, I, I don't know if we're going to see the fullness of it now, but when we're with him, we'll live in perfection. But we are bringing something of the perfect order of heaven, his rule and reign and authority, into the situations that we find ourselves in. It's amazing. I, I, I find it just, uh, I, I, I'm at awe in the fact that God chooses to partner with us. With you and I. I mean, you think of yourself. Think of you, I, usually the point of preaching is to get you to not think of yourself. But you know yourself. You know your brokenness. You know your weakness. Yet God chooses to partner with you. And he wants to use you. Almighty creator God uses us to see his purposes come to pass. How amazing is that? As we talk about discipleship, as we talk about reaching people that don't know Jesus yet, and using our gifts to minister to others, we constantly have this choice of will I partner with what God's doing or not? It's actually, it, it's, it's the choice of following Jesus. When we come into a meeting, am I going to partner with what God wants to do this morning or not? Am I going to lend my weight to where God's taking us together or am I going to pull against it? When I minister to somebody, whether it's a friend or somebody on the street, God, what are you doing? And will I partner with what you want to do right now in this situation or not? Will I partner with what you want to do in my life or not? We, we, yeah, we, we can actually resist what God wants to do. 
or we can, we can partner with what he wants to do in our lives. Will I say yes? So we use this, this phrase often, to say yes to the things of God. Will I say yes to the purposes and plans of God for my life, and yes to what he wants to do right here and now, wherever I am? Will you say yes? That might be the, you know, I don't have a title for this preach. Maybe it's partnering with God, but it might, could also be, will you say yes? So I want to unpack this truth a little bit this morning. And as you can see, there's two stools up here. I don't want to just unpack it myself. So would you um, stand on your feet because we want, to, we want to welcome, we want to honor. And put your hands together and welcome Louise this morning because um, we're going to talk about this together. Welcome. You can go on that side. You want a table as well? Oh. Ooh. Cool. I don't know if I actually need that. I'll just hold this. So, so we're going to unpack this thing. Welcome, Louise. How are you going? Good. Good. <laughs> awesome. Um, this idea of, of uh, partnership and partnering with what God's doing um, is something that God's obviously, uh, not obviously for everyone else, but he's been speaking to you. We've been talking about it together. Yeah. Um, and sort of saying, you know, what does this look like? Yes. He's been speaking to you over the last few weeks and months. Um, yes. And in this thing of partnership with what he's doing, uh, this morning we kind of really want to actually speak out of Joshua chapter 3. Yes. So can, can I, have you guys found Joshua chapter 3? Did you guys forget that I asked you to find Joshua? Okay. I'm going to read all of it and we're going to pull some points out of it. I'm going to ask Louise some questions. the beginning, a long time ago. So it says this from verse, from verse 1. Um, then Joshua rose early in the morning, and they set out um, for sh- from Shittim, and then uh, it's what it, it's I, I what like, it says. I, I just, I just want to say, the, the, the New Living Translation, I was going to say to you, has got a better word. It actually means acacia grove. Do we like that better? Okay. What, it actually means where the acacia trees are. So let's go with that. I was going to say it, but I wanted to see if he was going to say it. You just threw me under the bus. It's all right. They set out from the acacia grove. I'm going to write that in my Bible so I never have yeah. to read that word again. Kind of helpful. Trust you guys. <laughs> yeah. like, we're trying to be serious and talk about partnership and we get stuck on. It's like, uh, sorry, this is the kind of relationship we have. Obviously, just dropped uh, it's, a minute. It's, it's great, glorious. It? it should be fun. We're having fun yeah. this morning. Um, let's get back to the word. And they came to the Jordan, um, he and all the people of Israel, and lodged there before they passed over. So this is, they're about to, to cross over the Jordan into the promised land. Um, at the end of three days, the officers went through the camp and commanded the people, as soon as you see the Ark of the Covenant of the Lord your God being carried by the, by the Levitical priest, then you shall set out from your place and follow it. Yet there shall be a distance between you and it, about 2,000 cubits in length. Do not come, come near it in order that you may know the way you shall go, for you have not passed this way before. Then Joshua said to the people, consecrate yourselves, for tomorrow the Lord will do wonders among you. And Joshua said to the priests, take up the Ark of the Covenant and pass on before the people. So they took up the Ark of the Covenant and went before the people. Verse 7, then the Lord said to Joshua, today I will begin to exalt you in the sight of all Israel, that they may know that as I was with Moses, so I will be with you. And as for you, command the priests to bear the Ark of the Covenant. When you come to the brink of the waters of the Jordan, you shall stand still in the Jordan. And Joshua said to the people of Israel, come here and listen to the words of the Lord your God. And Joshua said, here is how you shall know that the living God is among you and that he will without fail drive out from before you the Canaanites, Hittites, Hivites, Parasites, all of the people of the land. Behold, the ark of the covenant of the Lord of all the earth 
The ark of the covenant of the Lord of all the earth is passing before you into the Jordan. Now, therefore, take 12 men from the tribes of Israel, from each tribe a man. And when the soles of his feet, when the soles of the feet of the priests bearing the ark of the Lord, the Lord of all the earth, when their souls shall rest in the waters of the Jordan, the waters from the Jordan shall be cut off from flowing, and the waters coming down from above shall stand up in one heap. So when the people set out from their tents to pass over the Jordan with the priests bearing the Ark of the Covenant before the people, and as soon as those bearing the Ark of the Lord had come as far as the Jordan, and the feet of the priests bearing the Ark were dipped into the brink of the water, now the, and then it says in brackets, now the Jordan overflows its banks throughout the time of harvest. So it's overflowing, it's in flood. The waters coming down from above stood up and rose up into a heap very far away at Adam, the city that is beside Zarethan, and those flowing down toward the sea um, of Arabah, the salt sea, were completely cut off. And the people passed over opposite Jericho. Now the priests bearing the Ark of the Covenant of the Lord stood firmly on dry ground in the midst of the Jordan. And all Israel was passing over on dry ground until the nation finished passing over the Jordan. I love that um, it says in verse 4, God says to the Israelites, um, all of this, he says, you have not passed this way before. Yeah. I love that. I feel like in this season of talking about discipleship and wanting to grow, um, we haven't passed this way before. Um, you know, we're, we're, we're journeying into something that we haven't seen the fullness of yet. Um, how do we, I guess my first question for you, how do we partner with God when we haven't been this way before? Such a good question. I think what we're looking at um, and what I got out of this passage, we'll see um, what God says he will do and what he asks us to do. And so I think it's really helpful for us when we're going in um, and doing new things or we're growing in God or we're wanting to reach out that we realize what's our part to play and what God then says he will do. And I love that it it starts with the Lord first up and um, he says, I'm going to prove to you he says, you'll actually, in that passage, it said, so that you'll definitely know. So he, he promises to do some things that proves what he says is what he means, yeah? But to, to enter those things, it actually, um, it required, he, he said that the people had to do some stuff, right? So number one, he said to them, I want you to follow the ark. I want you to follow the ark, because the ark was going in front, and um, so for me, when I was reading that passage, because I've been reading that and studying it, it spoke to me of two, um, two things. Um, both of them start with a P, letter P, which is unusual for me. That I've actually nearly all of these like well, with a P, but they are the promises and the presence. Wow. So promises and presence. And it says, they will guide you. So I think it's really key for, to, for us to know um, that God is, this is not exclusive. This is not all. But out of this passage, what we get out is we get out it's God's promises will guide us mm. and his actual presence with us um, will good. guide us. Yeah. Should, do you want me to say some more? Yeah, yeah. absolutely. <laughs> so I was just agreeing. Ah, it's amazing. No, no, it's, it's cool. <laughs> good. Yes. So like for me, like it, it's the, the, we see the, um, God's presence. It was the ark or it was like a, a place. It said of covenant. And we've heard a lot about covenant actually already this morning. And like the covenant is um, God's oath. Um, where we've got a, a, a sovereign God of all the universe who it's impossible for him to lie, the word of God says. He cannot lie because if he, if he lied, he'd be a sinner. 
and he wouldn't be true. But God is always true and God cannot lie. It's impossible for him to lie. So when it's his ark of covenant or promise goes ahead, obviously this, the passage we're reading is Old Testament. So that was Old Covenant and we see miraculous, right? And now we live in a new covenant that's made with the blood of Jesus and that's God's proof and promise to us that what he says he really means and that's what it means to be a follower. So it's like... We have promises in literally, you've talked this morning already about the Bible. And we see, you know, if we read the Bible, we see promises. So that's reliable for us so we can take it. So if you're reading your Bible and you see promises of God, you can take them um, and apply them to your life. And you know they're going to happen because actually God's not a liar, right? The other one is actually how God speaks to us personally. So one is Logos, the Word of God. The other one is the Rhema or revealed Word of God. And that's in, in, you're talking again this morning again about relationships. So God has, has got very personal relational promises to me as well that he might not have for you, yep. right? Because you've got a separate destiny to me. And so God also has revealed word, rhema, to us. So God says, let the word of God, the Bible, like follow it. It will guide you. It will tell you which way to go. And then you've also got on added on that is the personal stuff that he said to me through various means. So that's just the promise section, Yeah. It's very good. I love it. Um, he also says to, to them to purify themselves. Verse, f- verse 5 says, consecrate or purify yourself for the Lord will do great wonders yes. among you. Yeah, purify. This thing of, so people, they were saying, um, look at the promises and follow my presence. So that's what we're to do and it will guide you because you haven't been this way. In other words, you don't know what you're doing. <laughs> so follow me. I'll show you what that is. So that's how we learn. And then the next one, like you're saying, we have to have a heart response to that. Wow. So consecrate means we're going to dedicate ourselves to, but the emphasis is on yourself. God didn't say, I'm going to consecrate you. He's already made his promise, like we had this morning. He's already done stuff. Um, our response is, this is what I've done. This is what I've prepared. What's your decision on that? That's what purify yourself is. So it means that God has already said, actually we sang it this morning. It was a line. I wrote it down. It says, as... Um, Sorry, he that and that bought with blood wholeheartedly. We sang that Jesus did that. He wholeheartedly did something wholeheartedly, not half-heartedly. So there's nothing about God that's half-hearted. He's not half in. He's all in all the time, right? So he's saying to us, "Will you be all in to to me?" And so um, what the Lord said to me is, "says we we're not just consecrated." Some people say set apart. In a word, there's a line. It's like you have to cross over the line. There's a line drawn. When you read the Bible, you'll realize there's a line that's drawn, that God draws. He says, this is me and good. That is just not me. There's, not, there's no gray with God. There's not like this fuzzy bit in the middle. It's either it is God or it's not God. It's, 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 kind of, it's great because it's easy, right? It's either God or it's not. It's not try and work it out maybe. So, like, we're not just separated from from something, like, away from evil, away from wrongdoing, away from that. Um, We're actually separated then out of to something, which is actually to him. So, it's not not yoga. Like, we don't empty out and then there's nothing. Right? This is not meditation. This is not that kind of religion where we become nothing. We're not becoming nothing. We're so becoming something. Very good. And so what we're becoming, and you just said it, is we're becoming him. Yes. 
Our destiny, your destiny, my destiny is to become Jesus. It says, as he is in this world, so are we. So the point of purification is to become who you're always meant to be, who, you've, who he's always dreamed you would be, who he's always planned you would be. So that when we are, and we're talking about how do we partner with God, not just obviously in my own personal life, but out there with everybody I meet, it's like when people encounter you, they should actually be encountered Jesus. Because if we align ourselves with the truth of God, you see, is the fact that we are, the, by the word of God, it says, if you are a Christian and you follow him, and we've actually, you know, we've gone through the, those things that you've said before, we are filled with the Spirit. Um, actually, Jesus, Holy Spirit, lives in you. He's not in, out, in, out, shake it all about. He's in, he's, Holy Spirit indwells you, right? So wherever you go, he is indwelling you. Whether you acknowledge him or not, he's there. He hasn't shifted. He never shifts. This is the glory of the gospel. Is like, he didn't want just a, temp, a temple building. He actually indwells us. So I think purify to me is this, and I'm going on about purify, but it's really key for us to get it. If we understand Holy Spirit indwells us, who are you joining him to? Thing is, I'm not saying he will participate in whom you join him to. He will separate himself if it's not of him. And then we wonder, why can't I hear God? Why don't I know what he's saying? All that kind of stuff. The reason is, is because he won't join himself to that. And so if we want to see him, we got to, like Elodie said this morning in prayer, that in the Bible, David said, I have made a covenant with my eyes. It's like, what do you choose to look at? Where do you choose to go? In Job. Sorry, in Job. Yeah. What do you do? Like, uh, I think that's really key. So good. I I think so often we focus, when we talk about consecration or being set apart, we do focus on what we're set apart from. Yeah. And we very rarely focus on what we're set apart for or what we're consecrated to. And Mm. there's always is we're consecrated to something. We're consecrated to become more like Jesus. We're consecrated to be filled with his presence. Yeah, and like um, when, when, like when you walk in the room, Jesus walks in the room. I love it. Like, do we believe that? When I walk in the room, Jesus walks in the room. Where, if I'm at work, if I'm at the shops, where I am, it's like we've got to get out of events mentality. Mm, do you on. know what I'm saying? It's like in an events mentality, an old covenant visitation mentality, it's like God came at, on certain people at certain times. That's the old covenant. It was yeah. good, and we see glory in it. But this is new. This is new covenant. It's so radical. Yeah. Yes. Do you know what I'm saying? It's like where we are, He is. Yeah. Where He is, I should be. Mm. This is new covenant. It's like so radical. I love it. Yeah. Well, honestly, we could stop right there because there's so, so much depth. <laughs> so much depth in that. We were talking about you know about partnering with Him. Um, in this passage, we see the priests carried the Ark of the Covenant on their shoulders. So that you know the Ark represents. The, the, the presence of God yes. um, on their shoulders. And the waters only parted. There's so much prophetic p- picture <laughs> and type in here. But you know, the waters only parted when they actually put their feet into the river. Why, why do you think, you know, why did they have to carry the ark on their shoulders? I mean, that might be a, an obvious <laughs> question, but I think it's good to answer it. Um, you know, what does that mean for us? But also, why did they have to put their feet into the water before it parted? Yeah, I love it because, you see, everything that is... Christian that is follower of Jesus is actually by faith. It's not by works. It's by faith. In other words, it's by trusting. 
right? Because it's a relationship, so it's not a set of rules. Like, if it's just a set of rules and you can do it, you can work it, um, you know, it doesn't require any trust, actually, and it doesn't require relationship. You can put rules on the wall and do them, but you don't actually have to have any relationship at all with the person who wrote the rules on the wall. I mean, we can put an emergency plan up there. You don't even have to know who wrote that plan to follow it and for it to have some good effect. And some people live like that, right? They live good lives, and it's like an emergency plan. You can put it into action. It's helpful, but it has nothing to do with a relationship. And so the reason, like, it's on the shoulders is it basically says it's, it's our responsibility to carry anointing to actually to carry this thing. It's not, and it, I can't carry yours and you can't carry mine, yeah. right? So there's personal responsibility in there. And then, obviously, it, the water's only open when we trust. And it's like, this is, if we're talking about how do we partner with God wherever we are, this is literally what it looks like 24-7, and I think this is one of the heart kind of things for us where we've got to go, I, and I have done this personally in my life, I want to choose to be that person. I want to live looking. I want to live listening. I want to live about to walk out. Is it scary? Yes. <laughs> Does it ever not get scary? Do you always know everything that he's going to do? No, hardly ever. Do I usually see the whole picture very, very, very rarely and obviously even if I think I'm seeing the whole picture there's obviously a whole stack of stuff I never see you know what I'm saying and so like walking into the river of God which is like the Holy Spirit always takes us to step in before he will actually stop the waters I love it that's amazing (laughs) I wonder yeah yeah I know the Israelites they knew God had said that he would stop the waters and they'd cross over. Yeah, he said it already. He did tell them what was going to happen, but which is great. they still didn't know if it was going to happen. You know, no, like he had 100%. said it, but they still had to like get there in flood and go, well, yeah. we're going in. Yeah, exactly. Like, and it's like, scary... if, and if you, I don't know if you've ever like stood at a swollen river. I mean, the, the, the widest river I've ever um, seen was in Canada and there was a, it was like up in, up in the Rockies. So it was all the glacial waters coming through. And it, the water actually roars. You can't have a conversation. It's so loud. Yeah. You know what I mean? So, like, it, in this picture, it also does, for people, if you don't know Jesus today, actually, it does also represent what our lives are like, so out of control, so out of depth, yep. like, water's rushing. Our sin is like that. It's like, we actually can't control it. Yeah. If you haven't, you know, if, you, if you're not in Jesus today, like, your life, sin is like that. It will overwhelm you mm-hmm. if you stand mm-hmm. in those waters. That's what it's like. And I love what the Holy Spirit says. He says, but if you will step in, take the first step of faith and say, I believe. I'm going to trust you. What happens is the waters get banked up right the way back, not just to the beginning of your sin, but to the whole of sin, right back to Adam. And the waters get cut off, and you, can, and you literally get to walk through on dry ground. Two pictures, you know, one out of Egypt, this one as well, both times. And, that's, and it's also a picture of baptism. Yeah. So, like, if you choose to get baptized, God says this is what will happen. Also, once your sin is cut off, enemies and the power of, the power of sin gets cut yes, off in your life. So sin good. doesn't just get forgiven. The power of it to influence your life also fully gets cut off right back to the very beginning. End of story. Finished. Mm. So good. Yeah. So we have two examples. Because uh, he mentions, um, it mentions in Joshua chapter 3 that I'm going to um, like make you known like Moses. And there's two examples we yes. see here yes. um, of people of presence. Yeah. Talking about following God's presence. And how do, we, how do we partner with? How do we say yes to what God's doing? It's being a people of presence. We follow his promises in his presence. Yes. Um, so we see Joshua and Mo- Moses, both men of presence, but it looks 
very different in their different lives. What can we learn from Moses and Joshua? Yeah, I love, I love them um, in that Moses so clearly just um, shows us how in the private, it's another letter P, but it's like in our private lives, how we get to be face-to-face with God, how we can carve out time, how we can have places and spaces where we have conversation and he's literally there and we can be in the glory of God. And um, it's, just, it's just, you know, magnificent. Like, I mean, out of, out of Moses we see that he came out of those encounters in power. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think that's the journey we're on, right? We want to see the power of God manifest and we need to be more intimate face-to-face with him privately. And, um, and then there's also so much wisdom to know what to do. He led uh, like millions of people and had wisdom. And then also that kind of like that, that leading and guiding direction, like the, the presence of God went ahead of them all the time. So like for Moses, we kind of learn like if God stops here, you stop here. If God starts moving, you stop moving. Like if, if it doesn't seem like he's doing something there, well, don't. Just follow where he is. And that's what Moses Very represents good. for us. Yeah. And then I love Joshua because... He doesn't just do a completely new thing. Um, he does an added thing. Because with Joshua, Joshua spent time as Moses' assistant, so he learned everything he could doing the same as Moses. And even then he lingered longer. So when Moses left the tent of meeting, he stayed on even longer. He yeah. was like, I want more. So we see in Joshua this heart of, I want more even than that. I mean, how can you have more than Moses? It's like so radical. But then the next thing that he does is that he goes, he, God calls Joshua to be public. And that's part of this journey, isn't it? Yes. So we're we're going, Christianity is not just my thing or just in my room or my faith is private. Yes, you should have a private faith, but that's private as in your relationship with God. But it actually needs to be public. And what we see with Joshua is um, that it's together a whole people all inherit promises because each of them plays their part. Wow. Right? So all, it's, it's like the whole company of believers, everyone's on the move, yeah? And so, um, so they take new, what happens when everyone's on the move, you can take new territory. And when everyone's on the move, you see like um, enemies that are like regional enemies yeah. get taken down, Come on. right? And you can establish um, the God's presence, and we're talking about kingdom, yeah. His kingdom authority in a whole nation in a whole nation. So for example, we know like in our nation, what do we fight as a public enemy? Well we, we fight suicide. Yeah. We fight depression. We're fighting a whole I mean there's not only things, but there's a stack of stuff, right? That actually if you go to other nations, they're not fighting what we're fighting. Yeah. Other nations have other things. Yeah. But we can expect, I want to say to us, as we as a people get on the move, we can expect increased power and huge giants to come down. So I'm not, obviously we need to conquer stuff in our own lives that comes out of the private battles. But as you win a private battle, we're going to see public and, you know, regional and national and then also concurrently international victory in areas where spiritual powers have to bow at Jesus' name. Why? Because we're already submitted to him, not because we're strong. But because we already are walking in, he's king, we've decided, so you better move. <laughs> Come on. Love it. You put your hands together. That's amazing. You say yes to that. Mm. It's so good. I love that it flows from the private, but there's always a public as well. And, yeah, I've heard people often say, oh, you know, I, I'm just worshiping God in my heart. Well, that's great. It has to start in your heart. 
but it, yes. but you need to your heart needs to tell your face and your body you've got to do something about it you know like you know <laughs> there has to be a, a public expression yes you know for the kingdom to advance for his rule and reign to come beyond my life there has to be a public expression of yeah, that sure. and whether that's you know sharing the gospel or whether it's our worship or whether it's our prayer or our declaration it's not just the internal heart thing it's not just quiet in my head yeah. It's got to come out of our mouth. It's well, got to be expressed. It's got you know, to be declared. For, for me, it just starts right back in the beginning. Genesis. This is, it's like if we're becoming like God, um, God said, let there be. And the first thing he said was, let there be light. It's like there is nothing kingdom that happens um, that will shift something. I'm not talking about you. Of course, you can meditate and worship God in your heart. Of course, you can, and that counts. Yeah. But if you want to see impact, you want to see anything change, you've got to say it. So there's no such thing also if you actually really... Believe it in your heart. It says, out of your heart, your mouth will speak. Yep. It's like you happy at the footy. You don't just go, hmm. <laughs> that's, that's like pathetic. What's that? <laughs> it's like nothing. Uh, you know, we can yell at the footy. We can get excited. I mean, hello. But, I mean, in, in a spiritual sense, yeah. it's, it's literally, it's, it's, it's reckoning in the spirit realm. Kingdom is spiritual. Mm. And so as we decree it, so be it. That's why we pray. And that's why we also say amen and we do testimonies because it's like, yeah, for sure. Yeah. Whenever get, the you have shared. to get vocal. There, um, people, you have to be vocal. Yeah. There is no power without, without proclaiming. <laughs> there is no power unless you... And the thing is, I can't get in your mouth and neither can Matt and neither can anybody else. No leader <laughs> can proclaim for you what you need to say. You've got to say it yourself. It's true. Mm. true. If, if out of the overflow <laughs> of our heart the mouth speaks then we, there has to be something that comes out of our mouth. Yeah. You know, if we're praising God, it's got to come out of our mouth. We've got to declare. Uh, in, I mean, we, could go, we could go on this forever and ever, but um, maybe we can kind of um, bring this into our right now context. Yeah. Um, there's obviously so much we can, we can learn from this, but sure. how do we apply this today into the context of advancing the kingdom and making disciples? Today. Today. Mm. Or like now, this week, today is in... Modern time, 2021. You just, um, I think we've, we've got to consecrate our hearts. And if he says, we do, because we love him. Very good. There's no such thing, it's like, you know, there's, it's not blind obedience, actually. It's, it's love is blind. <laughs> We're not blind obedience, and as in we'll just do anything. It's because we know that he's so good. And because we know his nature and his character, it like blinds us to everything else. That's why love is blind, right? It's like all we want to see is what he's doing. Wow. And so, and that's it. So if he's doing something, I want to do it. So how do we bring it into now? Well, you just stay close to him and listen and talk to him. And he'll tell you because he's so faithful. He, this is one of the things I have learned in my life is he is so worth the risk. It's actually really not a risk because he's just faithful. So, like, you, you step into the water, he comes. End of story. Why? Because he just is. He is. He's just good. He's just faithful. And he, he wants to. He just does. Simple, really. Trust, trust him. So good. Yeah. In Romans 10, verse 13, it says this. And I love it because um, Silas prayed this in our prayer meeting this morning. It says, for everyone who calls on the name of the Lord will be saved. How then will they call on him in whom they have not believed? And how... Are they to believe in him who they not heard? And how are they to hear without somebody preaching? And how are they to preach unless they are sent? As it's written, how beautiful are the feet 
of those who preach the good news. I think there's an amazing sort of link. You know, it's like the priests had to put their feet into the water for, for them to be able to cross over, the water to be open and go to the promised land. And he's talking about the good news, the, you know, the gospel coming. How beautiful are the feet of those who preach the good news. Yeah, and it's like the word beautiful there actually means how timely. Oof. Oh, come on. How timely. So when you walk with God, it's, ti- it's always time. I want to tell you that. It's always time. So it's a super like, quick story. I actually just yeah. popped into Liana's um, like last week, and I was just dropping something off, and she had a friend over. And as I walked in, her friend, who I've never met, um, I have heard a little bit about, she's a lovely lady, just stood up, and she just wanted to hug me. And I'm like, okay, I, I, like I said, I, I want to live looking and seeing. And so, like I said to you before, it, it, we should live a life that if you walk in the room, Jesus has walked in the room. And so I'm not boasting in me, and it's got nothing to do with me. I want people to see the Jesus who is in me. And so when she walked to hug me, I know that's a God moment. I've learned to recognize that's unusual. Yeah, that's so, not normal. Yeah, it's not normal. Yeah. So when she hugged me, then I held her. Then we actually hugged for ages, like unusually so. So what did I do? Internally, I prayed. Because I'm like, I know God is in this. And I know, Holy Spirit, you are doing something here. And this is a restorative moment. So then we finished. And I just said, oh, let me go and get the stuff out of my car. So what did I do? I went out to the car. As I went out, I know he's in this. So I I prayed quick prayer to the Lord. I said, Lord, do you have anything for her? And he said to me, yes, tell her I have her in the palm of my hand. So I walked back in. I mean, it's my daughter's <laughs> friend. Um, you know, and some people say, oh, you, you can't. You can't cross over into that moment. That's like you're not invited. Whatever. I'm thinking, oh, God's here, so he's invited. <laughs> End of story. So I said to her, hey, I know you've had a little bit of, you know, like Leanne has had prayed for her and stuff before. I said, and, and, and I asked God, what, what has he got for you? And this is what he said, and I told her. And she cried, and in that moment, then the three of us hugged and prayed, and the Holy Spirit came. And I haven't told you, but she was actually, she's expecting, she she got a couple of weeks to go. And um, later on, I said to Leanna, you know, was it good? I'm like, whatever. And she told me um, later, she said, actually, she has miscarried before. And I'm just like, I love this, because you see, I don't have to know the whole picture to say and give an encouragement the Father is giving to somebody who needs to hear it. And that's what it looks like, you see. It looks like what we sang, I am healed, I am whole. But it's also, I am anointed. Yeah? Mm. That's what it means mm. when it says anyone who calls, and calls, ask the Lord, his nature and his name to come. Anybody who does that will be saved. Sozo, it means healed, delivered. It means made whole. It means come into this place where he wants us. So if you live that life, you get to invite other people into it. It's mm. so good. It's so good. We had the opportunity um, this week in a tragic circumstance to um, do a funeral for friends of ours who lost their eight-year-old son and do his funeral during the week. And um, <laughs> I, shouldn't, I shouldn't look at you because she started crying. Now it's going to make me cry. But just the, um, again, you know, sometimes it's the prophetic word, but sometimes it's the privilege of sitting with the family um, and just bringing the love of Jesus. It's like Isaiah, in Isaiah it says, for the sovereign Lord is on me. He has anointed me too. And one of those is to comfort those who mourn. What does it look like to be Jesus in a room? What is the person that you're in a room with? What does the Lord know they need? Mm. That's what it's like to partner with God. It's got nothing to do with just reaching people on the streets. It's part of what we do, but we do it with that heart. Yeah. Mm. Reaching people on the streets is amazing. 
but yeah. it's a it's a it's sliver. A location, of, it's, it's a location. location. It's literally one location and one activity. It's a location for a, yeah, that's part of a bigger lifestyle. Yeah, which is whether it's you know in your daughter's home or it's sitting with friends who've lost their child or it's you know in a church meeting or it's on the streets or it's in a cafe. It's saying yes mm -hmm. to following Jesus. Yeah, to partnering with God. What are you doing in this moment? For sure. You know, why Why am I here? And that's you know, that was our question. Why are we here? Yeah. You know, with this family. Why, you know, you're going, why am I here? And Leanne's Live friends. with that. Like, live with purpose. I encourage you all, live with, you are born for a purpose. You are placed for a purpose. You can be where the rest of us are not. Live with this revelation. I am right here, right now for a purpose. And then live it, listening to Jesus. Come on. Come on, I love it. There's so much more um, that we're that in this all, obviously. So um, one of the things we've started doing uh, as a church is uh, like a midweek podcast as well, where we get to kind of unpack or go a bit deeper in this. And so um, I, I know because Louise and I have talked, there's so many more <laughs> stories and there's so much more. Um, I, I want to jump a bit more into this thing of like, what are we, what are we set apart from, but what are, we, yes. what are we consecrated to? And yes. so let me encourage you, if you haven't been listening to that, go on to whatever you podcast from and just subscribe um, to the church podcast because that's going to come out during the week and we're going to go deeper in this. But right now, I think there's a response for us this morning. So maybe we can, uh, maybe we can just respond to him, whether we, you close your eyes and, you know, or whatever that your position of response is. Um, there isn't a holy position. It's not, there isn't a stand, lay, kneel, if, you know, whatever you want to do. But I think we need to respond. I, I, I believe there's a consecrating ourselves this morning and saying yes. You know, it's not, somebody else like Louisa can't say yes for you. To say, yes, Lord, I will partner with what you're doing. Yes, Lord, I will step out of my comfort zone and put my feet in the water. Yes, Lord, I'll put it into practice. Maybe the, as we respond, just take a moment where you are. You speak to God. You respond. I'm going to ask Louise if she pray for us. Jesus, you are so worthy of our lives. You're so worthy of our hearts because you are wholehearted in all you are for us and all that you have done for us. And so, Lord, today we want to respond wholeheartedly, not half-heartedly, not half in, half out, blowing hot, blowing cold. But Father, I thank you. Even that, Lord, is empowered by your spirit. It just takes a willingness to say yes. God, we cannot do anything of ourselves because we don't have the power even to live a transformed life. It's your spirit in us. So, Lord, I pray even right now that you would empower every yes of every heart in this room. Um, yeah. Father, I ask, as David asked when he prayed, Lord, would you give me an undivided heart? Lord, in areas, Lord, we just want to make more room for you. So many of us, Lord, have opened up so much of our lives to you already, Lord, but there's always more. There's always areas, Lord, that you want to fill. Lord, I thank you that when we empty out, we let go of something. Lord, you're always wanting to add and fill and empower. So, Lord, for the areas, Lord, that we release to you today... I'm asking not only would they be permanently gone, Lord, I ask that you would fill them with your power, with your spirit, 
Lord, that you would get the glory as we become more like you. In Jesus' name. Lord, we receive and we say yes. We say yes to you. And I pray, Lord, that we would have so many testimonies today, this week, of bringing you, seeing what you're doing, saying yes in a situation, looking for what's happening, and partnering with you. We thank you. I thank you that you want to use each and every one of us. I thank you for fresh infilling right now. We receive it in Jesus' name. Amen. We hope you've enjoyed this week's message. If you have any questions or would like more information, please contact us at melbournelightschurch.com.au.